Ready to boost sales and grow your business without the BS? Welcome to the Business Growth Show. I'm Sam Dunning, a digital marketing, sales, and business growth evangelist. Tune in and subscribe today as I'll be interviewing business leaders, experts, and entrepreneurs from around the globe. We'll be sharing actionable tips across marketing, sales, and growth without the BS to help you skyrocket your business. And welcome back to a fresh episode of the Business Growth Show. Excited to be joined by Danny Levy today. Danny is the Managing Director, APAC for Worldwide Business Research. He's from the UK and he's been living in and working in Singapore for the last 10 years. He's also host of the Digital Transformation and Leadership Podcast and regularly speaks and moderates at digital and live in-person events. Danny, a very warm welcome, sir. How's it going? Very well, Sam. Very well. How are you? Yeah, all good on this end, mate. Um, looking forward to, to our chat today. I think it's going to be quite an interesting one, really. We're looking at a, a step-by-step process, a five-step process, to be precise, on how we can go from being a sales rep to a directorship level. Um, and this is something a bit close to my heart, obviously close to yours as well, being an MD, Danny. As, as I know, I've, I've worked my way through the trenches a fair bit, even though we're, we're a smaller company in comparison to yours. Um, kind of worked at all end, ends of the spectrums, really, being a jack-of-all-trades, SDR, yep. kind of working away doing the cold calls, kind of working way up to account manager, kind of business development manager level, then a kind of sales manager position, working at managing a couple reps, and then eventually going on to, to be a co-owner and an MD um, Kind of like yourself, so it's it's going to be an exciting one, and I think there's going to be lots of really actionable tips we can share or across yeah. if people really are ready for the role, and most importantly, how they can actually make that project progress both with their self, the mindset side of things, and the actual kind of work they need to put in to make it happen. So yeah, we'd love to straight, jump straight into it, Danny, and let's let's get started with the with the five step guide you've kindly put together for us, sir. Very good. It sounds like we're going to be able to have some good back and forth today, Sam. I like that. Definitely. Yeah. So I'll I'll, I'll talk you through the first step, and then um, yeah, it would be good to kind of get your get your thoughts. But um, yeah, I've got five points here that I'll that I'll talk you through. So the first point really is is the most Im- important thing I think in the beginning, and you obviously can't rush um, moving up the ladder, moving up the career ladder as much as everyone wants those kind of shortcuts to success those hacks they want to be able to kind of jump up as quickly as possible it doesn't it doesn't really happen you know from my experience you'll only move up and progress when you're ready so i think the most important thing when when you're starting out in a sales position or or maybe you're moving to a new company i think from day one the best salespeople they always want to prove themselves um you know they want to get they want to get those they want to get those sales on the board as quickly as possible. I mean, the best salespeople I work with always do. Sometimes that's to their own detriment, I would say, <laughs> because, uh, you know, people need to actually do the training. They need to get their head around things. They need to, you know, get fully to grips with the product. Um, so you should take your time. But, but you know, always when I've worked with with good salespeople, it's funny. They want to, they want to get that first sale in the first week, which <laughs> sometimes isn't practical. But anyway, I mean, so, so, so what you need to do really is you need to master the fundamentals. That's the, that's my first point. Yeah. Uh, and there's a few things in here that, that I've seen the best salespeople do that do move up. It's, okay. it's taking it really seriously. Um, I think for some sales isn't a serious role, especially if you're young. Uh, some people may see it as a stopgap. 
Um, but if you if you want to move up the ranks, you've got to take it really seriously. So that means you know showing up every day, managing your time effectively, um, making sure that you you work towards achieving and hitting your KPIs. Especially in the beginning, I think there's a lot of conversation around well, do KPIs really matter if you if you're doing what you're accountable for or are you smashing your targets? Does it really matter if you're not hitting your KPIs? I would say in the beginning it does. So, you know, making sure that you're you're hitting your KPIs, that you're you're getting your props out, that you're putting everything in the CRM, um, working towards achieving your targets. And, and it's not hitting a target one month and then missing it the next month. I think in the beginning you you should be hitting and exceeding your targets every single month. And and the kind of grade A people, the top people, what I always see them do in the team is is they seek out the other top performers yeah. and they ask them, you know, what makes you so good? What, what, why are you doing so well? What is it that you do every single day? And then those kind of top performers, those people that are really self-aware, they make sure that they replicate that and then they exceed it. They, they, go, they go beyond that. Um, so it's really being self-aware. It's being humble as well. You know, you've got to be humble. Um, Definitely. And, and that, that's throughout your career, right? You have to be humble. Even, even me, you know, I'm, I'm, uh, at the top of the ladder at the moment, but there's a lot of value even now, you know, people, young people coming into the team, they've got different experiences to me. It's all about sometimes reverse, reverse mentoring, right? Me going to them and saying, well, what, what kind of a lens would you put on this? How would you do this? And just being, being open to that and not having an ego. Again, I think if you want to move up the like that's super important. Um, and then also, you know, around mastering the fundamentals, it's it's having that growth mindset. So having that hunger to learn, um, but also apply your learning. So I know there's a lot of conversation around podcasts, listening to podcasts, doing doing trainings and reading books and all that kind of stuff, which is great. I think you need to do that as well. But then it's also about applying those learnings as well, which I think is, which is super important and, and pushing your colleagues forward. And, and, and in the beginning as well, building your domain expertise, becoming an expert. So buyers now are really educated. They're super educated at the moment, buyers. You can find a lot of things out by going to someone's website, reading about the product, uh, looking at reviews. By the time they actually sometimes get to you, uh, if it's an inbound lead, sure. they're very educated, right? They want to deal with educated sellers. So again, I think if you want to move up the ladder, be as educated as possible, be that expert. Uh, and through the health pandemic as well, you know, buyers, uh, they have a bit more fear than they used to. Um, so I think, you know, as a seller, you need to be able to guide them through the, the buying process. Um, yeah. And if you want to move up the crew ladder, don't limit your learnings to sales, right? Look at leadership, look at marketing, look at production, um, whatever it is within your own respective organization. And, and talk to these colleagues in these departments to figure out what it is they're doing and how you can make the biggest impact to, to what they're doing, how they can make the biggest impact to what you're doing. Again, just having that open mindset, don't work in a silo. Um, it's That's all really, really important. So I think that, that that's kind of like the key stuff for me around kind of mastering the fundamentals. There's so many ways I could take this, Danny. So some awesome tips there, right from kind of entry level sales reposition to perhaps more senior 
that you've covered there. Mm. Um, and if I had all these tips when I first started out, I'm sure my performance would be a heck of a lot better. Because um, I, re I remember it takes me back to one of the first <laughs> sales calls I've made. I think I've probably said this on the show, perhaps in one of the earlier episodes. But when, yeah. I, um, when I first started working for WebChoice, when I literally was an entry-level sales rep, I got handed an in inbound lead that came through from one of the companies we used to purchase leads off. And literally, uh, I had no clue what I was doing. I was sweating away. I was proper nervous. I'm an inaring. Didn't really know what to say. Answered the call. And it was someone that wanted a website that was basically the equivalent of LinkedIn. And okay. They were asking all these questions like, Sam, can the website do this? Sam, can the website do that? I need it to do X, Y, and Z. So it basically needs to be one of the most complex websites ever. I, I yes-manned my way through the whole call, said, yeah, yeah, that's fine, that's fine, because I was so nervous, didn't know what else to say. And yeah. ended up selling this huge web platform for about 500 quid. Um, luckily, over time, he he let us uh, move, <laughs> move that budget into other projects. We didn't need to deliver it. So I, I, I escaped that, that absolute um, disaster. But it takes me back, man. But yeah, so many good points around time management around um, mm -hmm. kpis which i kind of agree with at, at the start i think if you've got as long as you've got solid management around you that are actually entailing sensible kpis whether it's do this many dials a day do this many emails follow up this many clients as long as, as long as they're not ridiculous then yeah it makes sense to, to stick to those because they put them in place for a reason um, and it's, it's probably going to help you especially on, on your first few days um Seeking out top performers, really like that. That's something, yeah. and that links into the, the fact that you've said about being humble, which again, something I wish I did, did a lot more in my earlier days because I know when I was younger, I like to think that I was always right. When it, when it turns out, when, like you say, when you take a step back and you actually ask for other people's perspective, be it people from yourselves or your marketing team on, on what they think on X, Y, and Z, or if you've got an issue asking for their opinion, just helps so much. And like you said, it allows you to look at things through another lens. Um, check your ego at the door it doesn't do you any good exactly <laughs> yeah yeah exactly so it's it's sometimes you've got to learn the hard way on those kind of things um yeah so seeking out top performers so if, especially if you're new to sales and you've got performers in there that are topping the sales boards topping the leaderboards then obviously they know what they're doing or they're doing something right so say look can i can i set up a meeting with you can, can we can i take you out for a beer can we grab some lunch and can i pick your brains on on what you're doing or how you're learning, or how you're making this happen. And then, like you said, the growth mindset, reading books, reading podcasts, or listening to podcasts. Or Another thing I'd, I'd add to that is understanding which which way you consume content the best. So, yeah, which I've right. said before, I'm, I'm very, very, very slow at reading, so I like to do podcasts. So work out what works best for you, whether it's consuming via video, or, or checking out books, or audio. So yeah, re really love those points, dude. All right, let's, let's mix it up. Let's get to number two, sir. Very good. Good recap. So, so number two is a bit of a, a mashup, but the two things within number two. So there's a bonus point in there. But I think the first thing is that you need to lead by example. You might not have the job title associated at this stage with a manager or with a leader. I, but I think it doesn't mean that you can't be someone that others in the team look up to. So, again, maybe going back to some of the areas in that first point, right, you're doing all the right things. Mm -hmm. um at the top of the leaderboard yeah you're doing things without being asked to do them you just know you need to do them and i think your senior management will notice this it, it becomes very apparent when you have someone in your team that's just kind of taking charge and taking okay. ownership and, and overachieving every month you know you've got a real kind of top quality person on your hand so so i would say you know lead without being told that you need to lead and take initiative 
Um, yeah. Your superiors will be so happy that you've got someone in the team that does that, right? And maybe goes off and if they've got an idea, maybe they go off and test the idea and get some proof points and get some proof of concept and then they come back and propose the idea. I mean, that's that's amazing. You know, you've got someone good on your hands when they when they go off and do that. And then the other bonus point here is, is again, I'd get yourself a personal development plan. So either when you're going into the organization, maybe it's something you agree um, you know, during the final steps of the interview, or maybe it's something you agree after maybe the first three month kind of more probationary trial period. But I think this is really important. So you you sit down with your manager and, and either there is already a, a development plan that the company has, um, but if there isn't, get them to put together a, a kind of bespoke, tailored personal development plan for you. So you can get in agreement with them where, where's your career headed? Where, where, where are you going to be in, in 12 months if you achieve uh, certain milestones and certain uh, certain targets? Where are you going to be in, in three years' time? Where are you going to be in five years' time? I think having that clarity and, and being in agreement with your manager on you know getting on the same page as early as possible so that you can work towards achieving your goals, that's super important. And if, you, if you're at a company that that backs you and you've got a company that does that, I think, you know, you're in the right place. So then my kind of two bonus points for, for, for the second one. Dude, I love both those points. Um, the first one, I'd like to dive in a bit more depth too. So taking charge, what does that actually look like, Danny? So mm. does that just mean, for example, we're taking initiative. So perhaps we've, um, we've worked ourselves an appointment or a meeting with a project that's a bit above our head. So does that mean yeah. we're going out perhaps at home, doing a bit more research into the client, doing research into the strategies that we can tackle to perhaps win the deal, and then maybe talking to our peers or our management about what they recommend to help us structure a plan to win this project and win this deal? Or is it kind of becoming a, a manager before a manager and starting advising our colleagues on what to do? Or is it, is it something in between? What, what would you recommend? I think it's, in, it's in between. It's... Um... It's, it's advising people maybe within the team that aren't as experienced as you or maybe are um, just how to do things. So maybe they can hear you on the phone or they used to be able to when we were in the office. They can hear you on the phone. You you, you might look at their proposal um, mm. that, that before they send it out, and be able to give them some advice, um, check an email or look at a subject header. All that kind of stuff is that's 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 leadership without being told to lead. Um which is really important, I think, when it when it comes to that growth mindset again. And the yeah. other thing is um, that you touched on there is if you've got a deal or you're in a challenging moment, not going to your manager with the problem and expecting your manager to solve it for you, going to your manager with the problem, but you've already come up with two to three possible solutions and you're proposing those solutions to the manager and asking yeah. them to pick which one is the best one. And if it isn't, they've, they've got something better, at least you've done your work ahead of time and you've shown that you're a problem solver. You've got that self-awareness. Um, you won't rise up the ranks if you're always throwing problems at your manager uh, and, and adding on extra work for them. Although although that is the manager's job, they won't. They, you probably won't get promoted if that's how you do things. Yeah, so bringing fresh ideas to the table that's rather it. than just, just asking for input. And on the second point, Danny so personal development plan again this I really mm. like that so like you said whether it's the interview stage whether you're actually saying when you're taking a sales position um where can I get to in 12 months 24 months mm -hmm. 36 months 
time. Um, and also, I guess, even better is if you actually craft that with them. So, yeah. for example, one of the best managers that I had when I worked for a um, marketing company doing just data rental for, for telesales and, and leads, that kind of company. Mm-hmm. Um, although he was, he was probably the best manager, but also the worst manager that I had. So he was, he was a little bit toxic in the sense that he was a bit of an alcoholic and all that without going into too much detail. Right. But he helped me out a lot. Um, and he did help me get my mortgage for, for a first home, which we are now. So how did he do that? Well, he sat, he sat me down in one of the, the first meetings we had after I'd not long joined the company and said, look, Sam, where do you want to go with this job? I said, well, I'd like to earn money. I'd like to do X, Y, and Z. You know, all the, all the usual stuff a youngster would do when they're in sales. But he said, no, where do you really want to go with this? So I said, well, in a few couple of years' time, I'd like to have enough money to get a deposit for a mortgage to, to get a house with my girlfriend. He said, right, here's how we're going to do it. Um, month three, you're going to hit this. Month six, you're going to hit this. And by one year, you're going to have enough money. Um, at the end of the time, we, we did it in eight years. So we broke the target because he worked, sat down with me to put a step-by-step plan into making that vision that I had at the time a reality. So being able to craft those plans doesn't have to be a house. It could be that you want to step up to management level. It could be you want to do something else. We want to be able to afford X, Y, and Z or whatever mm-hmm. it is. But having that conversation, like you say, with your management, so you can actually make those visions a reality and put together a clear plan is so useful and also shows them that you've got the initiative, like you say. Um, so yeah, bring, brings you on. Both great points, mate. Let's, let's get to point three. Sounds good. Let's do it. Uh, so point number three uh, is find a mentor or several. So so get 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 a number of uh, business mentors. So I've been lucky enough to have several in my career, and for me this was always people in in my organisations, uh, whether it's my current organisation or previous organisations. They were people that were more senior to me. They the good thing about them was that they'd had varied backgrounds. So. Uh, they were they were in sales or they they'd had management experience, marketing experience, general management experience, and either they were direct line reports or they were someone in a different department who were a little bit more senior to me, and I was able to talk to them just on kind of a daily, weekly, monthly basis, just bounce ideas off of them, discuss challenges, learn from their experience. And how they would overcome basically things that maybe I was facing at the time. Maybe I was in a difficult moment or had a difficult decision um, or I was grappling with a with a management choice. And, and I could I know I knew I could always kind of go to these people and, and discuss these things with them kind of off the record. And I think mm-hmm. the most important thing is that there's with these people is there's no judgment. So, yeah. You can share your problems. Maybe they'll share their problems with you. I think in the beginning, a mentor is someone that's giving you advice. And over time, it actually becomes a relationship where you give each other advice because you obviously develop that kind of friendship. And I think it's really important when you're starting out to kind of find someone like this, uh, find a mentor that's kind of willing to bet big on you uh, and invest that time. So it'll make a massive difference in your career if you can find these people. Um, But now, you know, with social networks, things like LinkedIn, you don't yeah. have to rely on your own company. You you can build a professional network. You can you can reach out to people within this network, uh, and and build relationships with them. I mean, we we met on LinkedIn, right? I mean, um, and I hope we can keep the conversation going after this. But you know, it's it's people like that that, that maybe are in different industries or or have experience that you're looking to get towards. It, it's those kind of people that you should be reaching out to and. 
and really you can benefit from from their experience so i think get yourself a mentor or several mentors um yeah. super important thing business growth show is sponsored by vidyard tommy was tired of cold calling and emailing his prospects and getting little to no response he signed up for a free vidyard account allowing him to send personalized video emails and messages to his leads and contacts and saw results almost immediately. People loved the personalized approach and the fact he took the time to send a custom video explaining his offer and his solution. And as a result, he stood out from his competitors, filled his calendar with quality appointments and smashed his sales targets. Sign up for your free Vidyard account today at vidyard.com forward slash BGS. That's vidyard.com forward slash BGS. The show is also sponsored by Web Choice. Are you tired of hunting for clients? You could be missing out on regular inbound opportunities all because your website isn't on the first page of Google. Perhaps you're already spending money on marketing, but your website is failing to convert your hard-earned visitors into a consistent flow of leads and sales. Want to learn more about Web Choice's unusual approach that brings idle clients straight to you? Book a free digital marketing assessment today at webchoiceuk.com. That's webchoiceuk.com. And yeah, moving moving on that subject a bit further, Danny, are we talking about seeking out people that we perhaps respect or that have been where we want to get to? Um, and are we talking about paying for mentors? Or are we talking about people perhaps starting with, like you said, within our network, perhaps on LinkedIn or perhaps mm. in our organization at a higher level? Um, do we approach them and say, look, I, I really like what you're doing. Would you mind spending 30 minutes with me um, to help me understand how I can achieve X? Or how did you go about it when, when you first looked to, to seek a mentor? So, I mean, for me, I've only ever had mentors, to be honest with you, within the companies I've worked for. So okay. I, I've not really had too many mentors just through LinkedIn, to be honest with you, but um, maybe I'm a little bit older. But I think the way I kind of went about finding mentors was maybe going back to that first point, people that were the that were the top performers, people yeah. that, that were the best within the organization, or, or maybe it was people that were kind of two or three rings above me in the organizational ladder um, yeah. that had achieved a lot and were maybe where I wanted to get to in three to five years. And it was these people that I you know, just got to know really professionally first and then personally, uh, and, you know, just make sure that I was catching up with them every week, um, you know, talking to them about things I was facing and, and getting that feedback. And and I think over time you have to make sure it goes both ways. You can't just be, give, you know, expected yeah. to take all the time <laughs> and give nothing back. So I do think, you know, it has to develop uh, after sure. a certain point and you have to make it a win-win for them and that would apply to someone in LinkedIn you can't expect to reach out to someone on LinkedIn and just take 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 their time and you know for them to not expect anything back in return so maybe if I was doing it now on LinkedIn I wouldn't maybe be going after someone that's super senior or like an influencer because it's very doubtful they're gonna they're gonna get back to you and give their time so so maybe someone that's within your industry that you respect but maybe you know is, is is approachable and might have some time to give you. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Or if you run a podcast or some kind of interview series, just invite mm. them on that, and they'll uh, that's it. They'll get free exposure, and you'll get the answers you need. Yeah. Content-based networking. That's uh, that's the one. J James Carberry, our friend. Sweet, the Sweetfish Boys. Yeah, good book. It, yeah. Exactly, mate. Nice one. <laughs> yeah. Cool. All right, that was that was good, man. And really good tips in terms of LinkedIn, in terms of working within your organization and either leverage yeah. kind of where you are now 
or leverage LinkedIn or, or social to, to find who you want to connect with and, and learn from and make it valuable, not just for yourself, but obviously for them. Yeah. Get some longevity from it. Cool. Okay. We're nearly done. Num- number four, please, sir. Number four is develop your people skills. I think it's, it's no good saying that you want to move into management if you don't actually enjoy working with other people. Um, I think a lot of people have this glamorous idea of management, but the reality is that if you're, if you're managing people, other people, it brings unique challenges. Um, I think the difference is when, when you're just selling, if you, if you, if you're just selling and you're kind of focused on your own needs and your own goals and your own targets, um, it's only really your own challenges that you're having to grapple. But the minute you step into a, a management position, you're having to put the needs of others first. So it's quite different. Um, and I think when you're in a sales role, right, you can take all the glory. Um, you get the recognition. But yep. when you're in a manager's role, that's not really the case. You've got to enable other people and you, you've got to help them look good. Yeah. So, so my advice really is that, I mean, I've seen many times the mistake people make is that they might, they might be the top sales performer and they might be at that point now where they're, they're ready to step into that, that managerial role. And it might be their first experience of management and the company backs them. They say, yep, yeah, okay, it's time for you to step up. It's time for you to go into the management role. Um, but they, but they don't know, right, if, they, if they're going to actually be a good manager because the best sales rep doesn't necessarily make the best manager, the best coach. Uh, and what happens is that the sales uh, person steps into that managerial position and then after three months, after six months, actually it doesn't work, right? They don't enjoy management. They, they flop. Uh, their team doesn't perform well. And actually what happens is that person ends up leaving the organization because they feel like they failed. And all of a sudden the organization's lost its star salesperson and it's lost a manager. So I think if you if you're in a sales position and you're this kind of, you are in this in this position, if you're the star performer, my advice would always be to take your first managerial role on a trial basis. Yeah. Uh, get everyone on the same page so that both parties basically say, look. We're going to you're going to move you into this role. We're going to give you all the training, all the support. We're there for you. But if it doesn't work out in three to six months or if you're not enjoying it, then you can kind of step back into your previous role with no questions asked. And I think this is really good because it gives you a taste of that managerial position, lets you experience it, lets you see if you've got the attributes to to really take off. And if it doesn't, you can step back in and it kind of just takes the pressure off. Um and maybe the other thing I'd recommend is if you're stepping into a managerial role where you're not managing a big team is to maybe keep selling. Because I think, again, some people maybe miss that part of the job when they go into a managerial role. And it, it, I think if you can keep selling, it gives you that kind of player coach type uh, role where you can kind of lead by example and show your team that you're you're still kind of in the trenches. You're still doing it uh, on sure. a daily basis. So I think that's quite important as well. And, and I think the other thing to bear in mind is that um, not all star sales reps should go into management. Some are actually better working independently on a strong portfolio, getting the recognition, you know, smashing their targets. Um, there might be someone that other people in the team look up to, but they're not the person that should be the manager. And there's nothing yeah. wrong with this. You know, you just need to have the self-awareness that, and you need to admit to yourself that management isn't for you. You forge your own path and you can still get yourself a personal development plan 
It's just that that plan may may lead you in a different direction that isn't managing a big team of people. So again, yeah, it's it's having that kind of self awareness, um, developing those people skills. And if it isn't for you, that's not a bad thing. You know, being being the manager, being the managing director isn't the be all and end all. If your attributes are different, you've pretty much answered all the questions I could have had before I raised them, Danny. So that was class. Um, yeah. I love the trial aspect. So I was going to say, look how do you how do you taste management if you are like you say a, a good sales performer you've been picked mm. out to be the sales manager and if you don't like it because you like you love selling so much and then when when it comes to actually managing a set of sales reps and obviously yeah. you've got then five ten quotas or however many in the team on your head it's a completely different kettle of fish right so instead of doing all very yourself, different and, and, and you're dealing with very different personalities at that stage you know everyone's different you've got you'll have people in your team who are massive promoters you'll have people in your team who are very controlling you'll have people in your team that are analyzers and when you step into that managerial role you've got all these different personalities you know it's it's a very different thing there to get the best out of your team to be supporting to be that kind of player coach person lead by example to train and develop from a role before where you were just selling it's so mm. so different so yeah and on You've the flip side, definitely, on the flip yeah. side of that, how do you keep the, especially if you're in, in sales, um, how do you keep the respect of your team? If Because like you said, if you've got a smaller team, perhaps you can carry your own quota as well as managing mm -hmm. a smaller team of salespeople. But if you've got a massive team and you're full on, so you're managing pretty much having meetings and managing making sure they're hitting their quota all day and you don't actually carry a sales quota anymore, how do you keep mm. that respect? So if you're not hitting the phones, hitting email, hitting social, doing whatever you do as part of your role to generate opportunities, generate meetings and get deals over the line yeah. and business closed, how do you maintain their respect when you're not actually in the trenches, like you said, doing the work, yeah. you're just telling people how to do it? You still get your hands dirty. You can still join customer calls. You can still go to meetings. Um, I think it's also having, again, I keep talking about self-awareness, but when you meet with your team, your role is not to go through their pipeline, talk about um, their forecast, what's coming in that week, and, and give them loads of grief and mm. tell them that they they need to close X amount more deals to hit their target that month and put loads of pressure on. Uh, and then that's the end of the meeting. That That is not the role of the of the sales manager. The role of the sales manager is to check in on their people, you know, make sure they're okay, especially at the moment through the health pandemic, there's a lot of mental health issues. And, you know, that's, that's yeah. super important. You've got to make sure that, that everything's aligned so your team can fire. But I think really the most important thing is when there's friction points, um, when there's something going on with someone, maybe they're in a busy moment and they actually just need a bit of help, that is the time that you as the manager step in and you take work off them so okay. that they can do what they're accountable for and you do the work yourself you know you don't sit in your your ivory tower and just give 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 more work and expect them to keep taking it and hitting their targets right you have to treat them fair treat respect them uh, and step in to do the work when you need to and i think if you do that and you're also on customer calls you're, you're listening to their tapes you're giving that feedback you're giving them coaching you're developing them you're giving them their personal development plan and you're working towards goals together, you should have the respect of your team even if you're not selling yourself. Spot on. Nice one, mate. Okay. Yeah. Fifth and final point. 
fifth and final point is it's a bit cliche but it's very very true is that you have to believe in yourself if you don't believe in yourself you will not climb the ladder of your organization so mm. i think the main thing is that opportunities will come your way if you've kind of followed the, the last few points that i've gone through opportunities will be offered to you but i think sometimes we're our own worst critics and maybe when you're offered the opportunity to step up uh, or, or, or take a role maybe you feel like oh i'm not ready or, or they've got the wrong person but i think if you don't grasp things with two hands when they're offered to you then that opportunity might be offered to someone else and you might miss out for good so you know, for me, I was offered um, I was offered the role of general manager in Singapore when I was working in London when I was 25 years old. I was offered the, the chance to move over to Singapore to set up and run an office here. Um, I did not feel ready, but, but I jumped at the opportunity and it was one of the best decisions I ever made because if I hadn't taken that opportunity at that time, you know, who knows where I'd be now and I've been living in in Singapore for the past 10 years ever since taking that role and that that saying yes to that it, it gave me so much experience yes I was thrown in at the deep end and yes I did have to figure a lot of things out as I went but if I hadn't said yes to that I then wouldn't have started my own business at 27 in Singapore and then I wouldn't have been able to move into the position of managing director at, at WBR when I was when I was 30 so so my advice is that you'll always feel like you're not ready. Um, but the thing is, I think it's really important to remember everybody feels like this. I think a lot of people are figuring things out as they go. They're figuring out things on the fly. So, so, so if you're offered an opportunity and clearly the person that's offering it to you believes in you and they believe you can do it, just, just take it, grasp it with both hands and and figure it out as you go and, and learn as you go and, and i'm sure you'll you'll be a star because because obviously you are that's it yeah you've got to have that belief and like you said you, you're not always going to have all the answers straight away right so sometimes that's you it. have to learn on the job as many of us do in sales yeah. in marketing we're learning as we go as things yeah. aren't set in stone so there's always things that we can improve on it which brings us back to the the first few points on being humble and, and learning from who's around us yeah. um and keep saying okay. yes, keep jumping, right? I mean, you know, you'll get other opportunities to offer. Just, just keep jumping, keep believing in yourself. That's it. And do you think there's ever a point, so if things aren't, looking at it from a, another perspective, if things aren't presenting themselves in front of you, so we're doing all these things that we've talked about on the show, um, mm. we know the opportunities are there, yeah, but they haven't been, not handed on a plate, but they haven't necessarily, we haven't had the conversations with our management or director-level team um, about those. Is there a way or any advice you could offer us, Danny, on how we can strike up those conversations once we've been putting in the work and we've shown that we're keen, we've shown our results through our efforts, that we yeah. are ready? Is there a way we should go about having such chats with our, our management, our director level team? I think if you're doing all of those things and you're, you're a star within the organization already, I think you've got to have, you've got to have the ability to know the right time and the mm. way in which you bring it up. I think, I think when you do bring it up with your senior management, you can present the facts. You can say, well, you know, I'm doing, I'm doing this, I'm doing X, Y, and Z. I think most organizations would have kind of um, annual reviews. Yeah. So, so for, for me, you know, in the annual review, or maybe it's a six month review or a quarterly review, you should always be, again, agreeing in those reviews, your key development points, your key milestones, 
and where people want you to be in three months, six months, 12 months time. And again, if you're hitting those key milestones, if you're achieving that, then I think it's so much easier to have these conversations with your senior management. So again, a simple, similar to the personal development plan, just get everyone on the same page, right? Get that clarity, get that transparency. That's the most important thing. I think if you've got the transparency, then it's easy to, to have these conversations. The problem arises if there's no transparency and you don't know where you're headed and you don't know what the next six months are going to look like. That's where it's more difficult to have these conversations. Yeah, bring us back full circle, really, to talking about the putting together the plan with your management team, yeah. the vision, where you want to go. And then, like you said, just just present the data, present the facts, yeah. show them what you've achieved. And then, I guess, if they don't agree, you can always look elsewhere and, and find some a company that will will uh, allow you that progress. 100%. Cool, man. Danny, this has been an absolute pleasure. Thoroughly enjoyed the conversation, my friend. So thanks Me once too. again for coming on. Um, now, how can everyone learn from yourself? How can they connect with you? And what's the best way to get in touch? I mean, I'm going to probably say the same thing as all of you guests. The best way to get in touch with me is LinkedIn. Um, Danny Levy on LinkedIn. Shoot me a message. I normally reply very quickly to, to LinkedIn messages. I will get back to you. I'll accept your connection request. And I have a podcast. It's called Digital Transformation and Leadership. If you listen to podcasts, I think you can find them here. <laughs> uh same as you sam and uh yeah i'd love it if you if you check out the podcast and give me a listen cool dude if you could pick just one digital marketing channel to generate business from which would be your channel of choice linkedin for me yeah it'd have to be linkedin yeah it's uh it generates so much uh business and interest for my company and for my podcast and for my personal brand it's uh it's really invaluable it's the b2b go-to for most of our guests it is it is let's hope the algorithm doesn't change again <laughs> hope not <laughs> danny thank you once again sir i really appreciate it thank you sam thanks for having me cheers and if you enjoyed the show be sure to subscribe to business growth show wherever the heck you get your podcast from we interview business leaders each and every week to provide you actionable tips to grow your sales make best use of marketing and help your business grow thank you once again for tuning in